With God, nothing will be impossible. For he is our God. And the God of salvation is making all things new. Amen. I was about the age of four and it was around Christmas time, just before, and I had been in hospital. It was at that time I became deaf. And I remember that Christmas very well, I mean, even though it was over 70 years ago. And I woke up and I saw a pillowcase. And the night before it had been empty, but that morning it was full, there was stuff in it. So I crawled excitedly on the bed and I was peering through. And I, so I jumped off the bed, taking my pillowcase with me. And I went out of my bedroom and I was upstairs, so we walk, I had to walk along the hallway, but I still was very unsteady on my feet and I bumped from side to side against each wall, dragging my pillowcase with me. To get down the stairs, I sat down and I bumped all the way down on my bottom. And I arrived and I was like, hello, mummy, hello, daddy. I was so happy. And then in the corner of the room, I spotted it. It was a red London bus. And I was so excited. I got up and I tried to run over and of course I lost my balance and fell over and landed on my face and of course I laughed and then picked up my toy very excitedly and I looked back and saw that my mother and my father they were both sad and they had tears in their eyes and I couldn't work out why they were crying because I was happy I really liked my present and of course, I didn't realise until later, looking back, that that was the first Christmas that I was deaf, and that was why they were upset. My family were poor, but for some years, every Christmas, I got very excited about my stocking. And I would reach in all the way down, and I'd find the nuts, but then my hand would go back in to discover the orange. And I'd be so delighted, I'd open it straight away and eat it. And at that time, it was the only time in the year I would eat an orange. My school had a strict oral approach to education. We weren't allowed to sign in school. So during carol services, we had to sing. I mean, looking back, I'm embarrassed, but at Christmas, we didn't sing at the front on the stage. No, there was a curtain. And so out the front, there would be a soloist and we would all be behind the curtain singing. And at the time, I didn't really realise that it was a deaf-friendly approach to the songs. It was only years later, I was like, why did they have us singing? But the people seemed to enjoy it, and the school were very proud that their deaf children could speak and sing. I mean, goodness me. My family would all gather together at Christmas. There'd be my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins and we'd just sit there and communication didn't really happen. My sister was five years younger than me and she became like my interpreter. 
my father strongly believed that I should lip read, but I didn't understand him. My mother was a little bit easier. There was no hope with my grandparents. Um, my cousins, I could, but it was quite difficult and confusing and I didn't understand my aunts and uncles. So I didn't really enjoy social gatherings. I loved Christmas with my children when they were younger. Oh, it was, well, for me, it was such a happy time. And also, I, I really enjoyed going Christmas shopping with the children and buying gifts for their father. And then also, we would buy them each little gifts and wrap them up to put in their stockings. And every year, they each got one big present. And I really enjoyed that. I think when we become older, we lose a sense of Christmas. It changes, of course. But now I celebrate with my grandsons and that's lovely. I think that now I'm getting older, my favourite part of Christmas always links to Christmas songs, the carols. And of course now I understand what's going on because I can access it through an interpreter or captions and so I enjoy it. But in the past that wasn't the case. Welcome to this very special Christmas carol service. From the comfort of your homes, you are warmly welcomed into the heart of this beautiful country residence. A place where tradition and warmth meets the sparkle of this festive season. This year's theme, the Magi, reminds us of our own journey of discovery, faith, and the wonders that await us in Christ. The story of Christmas is universal, transcending languages and borders. Our service is led by deaf Christians and brought to life through British Sign Language. Whether you are joining us live for this broadcast or watching on demand, please know that you are an integral part of our congregation. Just as the star led the Magi, may this service guide your heart towards the wonder of Christ's birth. Let us immerse ourselves in the story of the Magi and in doing so, Rediscover the wonders of faith, hope and boundless love in Christ. Welcome, one and all, to this very special Christmas celebration. Come on in. We have come together as the family of God to celebrate the great festival of Christmas. In this service, we will hear and receive the good news of the birth of Christ. And we will offer to God our thanksgiving in the words of familiar carols. 
First, let us pray for the world he came to save. We pray the witness of Christians may be enabled to share the good news of God's love to a world in need. We pray for the world that people may recognise their responsibility for its future and may be inspired by the message of Christmas to work together to bring about justice, freedom and peace. We pray for all in need, those who are sick, those who are anxious, lonely, fearful and those who are bereaved, that the peace and light of the Christ child may bring hope and healing. And we ask that, as again we celebrate God's great gift to us in his sending his son, we may be both uplifted now and blessed in continuing to serve him. Amen. Thank you.
How many times have you heard someone say, Christmas is a time for giving? And of course it is, although it can be a challenge to find an appropriate gift for some people. Does Grandad really want another pair of socks? Hmm, uh, thank you? Or will Grandma really be pleased when she unwraps another box of soaps? Which will join many others in her bedroom drawer. True, it is the thought that counts. But sometimes, however much thought is given, matching gift to recipient is not easy. Christmas started with giving. Though the only gifts specifically mentioned in the Bible were those given by some mysterious strangers. We are told they had travelled from a far-off land to see for themselves a baby. This baby was himself a gift from God to all the people. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and After Jesus was born, 
two groups of visitors made unannounced appearances. Some local sheepminders were quickly on the scene, prompted by the appearance and directions of angels. An invitation hard to refuse. But at the other end of the social spectrum, there was a visit from the Magi, also known as kings or wise men or sages. Precisely who they were has remained something of a puzzle. But certainly they were highly regarded intellectuals from a far-off land and people who understood other cultures. It is fair to say that they not only had great knowledge but great wisdom. Their identity, and much about them, remains a mystery and a topic discussed and debated by scholars for centuries. When we read stories about Christmas, or see a nativity play, the wise men often appear alongside the shepherds. In fact, it is more likely their visit happened quite some time later possibly up to two years later. So, what do we know about the Magi? The title Magi can be traced back to a Middle Eastern tribe which emerged around 700 BC. They were described as members of a priestly order, but they also had political power and could influence those in authority. They were clearly astute. Even when power and authority shifted between individuals or groups, the Magi retained a presence where it mattered. Today, we might call them influencers or advisors or mentors to the leaders of their day. They had to be diplomatic and able to offer advice and guidance to rulers and others in positions of power. So what caused them to make the journey to Judea? A small, insignificant Roman province hundreds of miles from all the comforts of their homeland. stars are brightly shining, it is the light of our dear Saviour's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till He appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn.
divine. Truly taught us to love one another. His law is love, and His gospel is peace. Chain shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. The decision to make the long and arduous journey to a remote outpost of the Roman Empire would not have been taken lightly. At that time, Judea was vulnerable. The health of the much-feared King Herod was declining the Roman Emperor Augustus was ageing, and Tiberius, the military commander, had retired and had no obvious successor. So, if a foreign power wanted to attempt an invasion and take over, this was a good time. And what better way to add to the threat and fear than by highlighting the religious prophecies of there being a new King of the Jews on the block. King Herod was already paranoid and such news coming with visitors from a powerful foreign land would have really got him bouncing. But imagine the spectacle when these magi came over the horizon heading towards Jerusalem. The pictures on Christmas cards and in storybooks are of just three men wearing crowns and riding on camels, making their way slowly across the desert. In fact, believe me, they did not travel light. While it is impossible to say how many were in the party, we can be sure that they would not dare to travel alone far too dangerous. We can't be sure how many magi made the trip. All we know is there were more than one. They brought three different types of gifts, 
but that doesn't mean only three made the journey. Because of their high status, they would certainly have travelled with personal bodyguards, military detachment, servants, people to look after the provisions and to cook, people to set up the accommodation, a tented village along the way, staff to care for animals and more. The journey would have taken several months and it would have been necessary to make visits to dignitaries on the way. Partly to ensure safe passage through other territories, but also out of courtesy, or to transact political or commercial business. And the custom and practice of giving and receiving gifts at each stop on the way had to be followed. So, it was no secret when the Magi eventually were in sight of their final destination. Forget three men on camels. The dust cloud from hundreds of people, their animals, and carts containing all the essentials for such a marathon journey would have signalled that some VIPs would soon be knocking on Herod's palace doors. Once in royal David city stood i yes. 
after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was going to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. They returned to their country by another route. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by Yet in thy dark street shineth The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years Are met in is born of Mary and gathered all about 
associated with Jesus' birth has long mystified religious scholars and astronomers alike. What we can say is that something observed in the sky by experts of the day was deemed so significant that it prompted a highly unusual response. That being pack your bags, load up the camels, we are heading west. Something big is going down. Much later, by the time the Magi were calling on Herod, there appears to be a repeat of the star's appearance. As if confirming that they are in the right place at the right time for a significant encounter not far from Jerusalem. Herod's advisers were able to confirm that the predicted birth would have been in Bethlehem, so that was where the Magi made further inquiries and continued their search. By then, we can assume Mary and Joseph and Jesus had settled into accommodation more suited to parents with a young one, probably lodging with relatives or friends, either in Bethlehem or in a nearby town. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with the angelic 
Magi met the one they had been seeking. Jesus, King of the Jews, a king in humble surroundings, cared for by a young girl and her devoted and protective husband. As with any king, there were gifts to offer, and those presented were typical and therefore unremarkable gifts for a king. But they were not in a palace, and this king was unlike any other the Magi would have met. And yet the gifts held far more significance than mere gestures of respect. The gold acknowledged Jesus' kingship. The frankincense acknowledged his priestly role. The myrrh, perhaps disturbingly, suggested death and the embalming that followed. Precious gifts, but gifts which testified to who Jesus was and who he would become for us. Our Saviour, the Servant King. God's priceless gift to you and me and all people, a gift to be received and accepted with thanksgiving, with hope for the future and with assurance for salvation. To us a child is born. To us 
a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart Sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven, heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior brings. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills and things repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat. This Christmas, may we be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of the Christ child. And may Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless us those we love and those we pray for, now and forever. Amen. <laughs>